0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Clear the Cash. I'm your host, Nate List. You can find me on Twitter at an outraged Jew. And with me, of course, is Mr. Jesse Bach. You can find him on Twitter at planet underscore fatness. Jesse, I heard you hit a card show recently. I know you're very giddy about this. You wheeled and dealed and cleared the cash or created a means to do so using the skill set that you have. Right? You have a particular set of skills that work in your favor.
1: I did end up clearing the cash on a couple of cards that I've been holding on to for for time. Um, So It was the same Philly show I'm pretty sure I mentioned back in May. Um, it, this show happens like three or four times a year in, in the Philly area. Um, I brought with me because Kyler has been so hard, so, so hot, uh, to start off the the season and obviously hot on our show, hot in the card market. So I had a card that I was kind of debating on grading of his. It was a, it was a 2019 contenders. Um, it was a contenders optic insert auto. It was an on-card auto out of 50. It probably wouldn't have gemmed because there was like a slight print line on there. So I figured like if I submit it, I'm probably hoping for a nine. I could make a little money on it um, as a nine, even if I express sub it. But there's a chance I might get an eight. And at that point, I'm just breaking even or probably losing a little bit based on how much it costs to to express uh, grade with PSA right now so I figured it can't hurt selling it selling it raw right now or trading or having it as part of like a cash trade deal so I was looking to move that and I was looking to move a part one of the subs I got back not all my subs are wins um, one of the subs I got back recently from PSA was uh, 2019 National Treasures Kyler Murray RPA out of 99 I had two that came back one was a PSA 9 and, and one was a PSA 7, unfortunately. RPAs are very tough to grade, especially with PSA. They're very tough on corners. RP, um, rookie patch autos. we don't really talk about this. They're, they're much thicker cards because they actually have to insert the jersey into the card. So it's like way thicker than just a regular card, even like a base or silver prism, whatever. Um, so they're very tough to grade. If you uh, have to submit any RPAs at all, I'd probably recommend submitting to BGS just because if even if there's something wrong, at least you'll have the subgrades to see what's wrong. Um, just my opinion. So I was looking to move that uh, Kyler uh, NT RPA PSA 7 as well. And honestly, with this, I, I went around the room once just to kind of gauge at what type of cards the sellers were looking to move and what they had on their display cases. And they had some pretty atrocious um, Patrick Mahomes grades, even Uh, very rare cards, even even like Deshaun Watson. I I, I saw some very high end cards and poor grades. So I I figured that there's probably going to be a dealer who would be open to a PSA, any PSA seven of like a rare Kyler Murray rookie. So. Uh, suddenly, I saw um, this one dealer who had a black Pandora Patrick Mahomes. That was graded. It was graded a PSA nine, um, not a rookie, uh, obviously, um, because that would just be that would be like in a vault. Um, it was a 2019, uh, 2019 optic black Pandora out of twenty five Patrick Mahomes PSA nine uh Black Pandora's from Optic are very tough to get a PSA 10 or even a BGS 9.5 one. Um, they always they, they very often come with um pretty big print lines or just the centering is ass, so it's it's very tough for these cards to gem. So even a PSA 9 is a pretty impressive grade. Like I'll, I'll take that grade on on a on a Black Pandora. So I was th- like I was talking to a buddy buddy of mine that I came with and I'm like, man, if I could just like like his price tag on the Black Pandora is already very, very reasonable. I, I took a look at comps and it was below comps and some of the other stuff on that guy's table was just was outrageously over comps. So I just don't think that this was a card that he's updated price wise for quite a while. And I this is like the fifth show that I've seen this guy in. Every every single show I've gone to, I've seen him. Um so I was looking to include both Kyler's and a little bit of cash in part of that Mahomes deal. So I ask him uh, as soon as he's done dealing with somebody else, I ask him, Oh, can I see that Black Pandora Mahomes? And he pulls out something underneath it as well, and it turns out there's a second one. So he's got two 2019 optic black Pandora Patrick Mahomes, PSA nines, both of them. Um I asked, I'm like, dude, what the f-? Like, did you pull these yourself and you just decided, great, like, what happened? He's like, no, nah, uh, someone someone pulled them at the national. They were both back to back in the same pack. What the fuck was Panini thinking? I have no idea. They were in the same pack, back to back, out of 25. And the guys uh, expressed them to PSA or graded them as he was there at the national um, when PSA was there, and they both got a nine. So, uh,. At that point, we were just kind of talking about maybe like price valuation of uh, of the of the Kyler's. I brought in like a John Elway auto, uh, exquisite auto, too. Unfortunately, Jay Cutler also signed the card, so that kind of <laughs> devalue. That kind of killed my negotiation there. Um, but he was very interested in the Kyler's, and uh, essentially, the price that we agreed on uh, for for how much. Trade value the Kyler's were going to be was exactly the amount that I was looking to sell both of those cards, so I, it was a win win for me. I paid a re, a very reasonable price, uh, cash with for um for both the Mahomes, Black Pandora PSA nines. Um, I mean they're two like I. Guys, I'm gonna be honest, I'm probably gonna end up selling one of them just because like I'm I don't need multiples of of a given card in my collection. I just thought it was a great deal. I, I don't mind having two, but it's not, you know, it's not do or die for me. So um if anyone's interested, honestly hit me up. I'll give you I'll give you a fair number. Um, but it's just it was kind of one of those opportunities that I couldn't pass up on. Um and I'm really excited to add it into my into my and, and my girlfriend's Mahomes PC. I mean, when you're when you're in negotiations
0: with somebody, because lots of our listeners, I mean, especially nowadays, you can look around. There's probably going to be card shows opening up all the time. I mean, typically for you, when you're looking at comps, are you looking specifically at eBay, at what's currently listed, and then going forward from there?
1: Yes. So I will – my go-to is eBay, um, but sometimes eBay won't tell you the full picture, or they'll tell you – like eBay will um – you can't filter out like you can't just go by sold listings. When once you select the sold listings option, it automatically um, includes completed listings as well. Completed doesn't mean sold. Completed just means that it, it the card is no longer listed. So a seller could have just taken down the card, um, and eBay will loop it in with or you know clump it together with the sold listings as well. So. Um, some like one source that I go to, if I can't find it either on Card Ladder, um, if you have a Card Ladder membership or a Sports Card Investor, Sports Card Investors, a Market Movers membership, if you don't have either of them, I think 130 Point is a pretty decent tool as well. 130point.com. If you go under the search eBay sales section, you can type in whatever you want, just as if you're, you're looking it up on eBay yourself, um, just the name of the card, whatever. Um, they'll give you, the last 90 days worth of data of cards that actually sold on ebay so that's a pretty nice free resource i'll 130 point is a go-to for me um at card shows and just in terms of like even negotiating with with a dealer i think it's uh, i've probably mentioned this before just scan the table scan scan their display case and see what they have if you see like if you find like I don't like I don't know what a good number is. 5 cards, 10 cards that are like above comps, like like grossly above comps. Um it's probably not the worst idea to just walk away because that that I mean I know there's room for negotiation, but they're probably not going to they'll probably negotiate down to what the card sold on eBay, more likely than not. So um ironically this was kind of one of those guys where um this i mean this guy this seller he was a very nice guy but he was very interested in stuff that like couldn't really be comped or doesn't sell very often um so if he doesn't if he, if he doesn't hear many comps like he gets really excited about that because he can essentially list that card for almost however much he wants like he had he had some sick cards in there he had a, a, a rookie gold kaboom Saquon bgs95 he's had that at every show i've been to. Um, it's tough to move because he has it, he's at, he has it listed for a a very pricey number, um, but uh, I just saw like the one thing that I saw the one card that I saw that was actually below comps was that Mahomes Black Pandora, um, so I I don't know I just kind of. I, I knew that if I didn't find anything else in the show that really like appealed to me or really like was in my price range for the amount of money that I brought with me at the show, um, then I was definitely gonna go back to him. So I, I was happy I, I made the deal done. Uh like again, typically if if like a majority of cards are above comps, I try to stay away. But I guess like if you find if you find one card or one uh one player that you collect or something that's like reasonably priced, then it can't hurt to start a negotiation. I just figure the minute that you walk in the
0: door, everybody's like, oh fuck. Oh fuck. <laughs> they start throwing sheets over their stuff. People are <laughs> just snapping. Somehow just have, a, just have a pile yeah. of papers right next yeah. to them. Yeah. Just as you as you walk by. Have you ever seen Harry Potter? I have. There's they're called the Dementors or whatever, and everywhere they go, just shit next to them freezes. Like as they go, flowers die. Like as they're walking by. I just picture you walking in, and sellers are like, nope, nope, (laughs) lunchtime. I'm (laughs) out of here. But
1: they're they're packing up. They're like they're like closing their display cases.
0: Yeah, you're getting huge paydays for PSA 7 Kyler Murray's. Only only Jesse. The most charmed life when it comes to card sales. So congratulations on that. Hit Jesse up if you're looking for one of those Patrick Mahomes cards, I wish that the story that I was about to tell you was as successful as yours is. I mean, it is in some regards. I went live on YouTube the other day uh, with my buddy and I told him, I was like, hey, I've got some packs that I've been sitting on. You want to rip these things and just see what the hell happens. I don't I don't know what's going to happen. We could pull a kaboom. That's what I said. We could, we could pull a kaboom, which is rare. I think it's one in every 480 or more. It might even be more rare than that because that was for blasters and we were ripping hangers so
1: just curious is that um uh sorry to cut you off is it player player odds or uh card odds i think odds it's card general? odds like it, that's pretty impressive
0: yeah okay. so i think it's card odds so uh, nonetheless i figured we're not going to rip anything but i've got tons of boxes and i was talking to him i was like how many do you want to rip and i was like you want to rip like half these and he's like no that's way too many let's just rip like three i'm like oh, okay conservative i like it all right Good. So we started pulling them and I swear to God, and you can watch a YouTube video. The first one, uh, Nate, uh, youtube.com forward slash Nate list. I think if you want to check it out, anyways, the first one he opens, I'm getting shit going on the stream. Life's going good. And he's like, "Pull the kaboom. I'm like, what, what do you mean? Pulled a- we just ripped the pack. Like this doesn't happen. Right. Um, and he immediately, as I told you, as soon as he said, kaboom, he said the player's name. There was no sexiness to how he delivered it. He just said it out loud. And I was like, "Oh, I was like, oh god, in the minute that I heard it, I went from like completely elated to my heart just sunk. I was like, "Oh, well, you
1: just went you just went from Mount Everest to Dead Sea in like a second.
0: Yeah, to the opposite side of an iceberg. So it was like, this is just it doesn't get any worse than this, but what we pulled was a quarterback from the 2020 class, Jesse, can you guess what quarterback I may have pulled?
1: Well, it's you know it's great that you pulled a quarterback. You know, quarterbacks are king in the hobby, as as many hobbyists say and many football collectors say. So I would assume that it was you know it was it was a decent quarterback. Um, the 2020 class was good, so you know it it would be ideal if it was like Joe Burrow or or Justin Herbert that would be a game changer yeah, 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 was yeah, it was yeah. it a rookie uh yeah it
0: it was a rookie and you know quarterbacks are king and this guy might be king of like a like a small castle in like a very small village of a small place that you've never heard of i'm sure uh Jesse, uh we pulled a Drew Locke kaboom is that is that good is that good did i win
1: uh where's the Uh, loser game show sound effect when we need it. We're not going to
0: put those in. I'm not dunking on myself. (laughs) I will not edit this and dunk
1: (laughs) on myself.
0: Pulled a kaboom. uh, Drew Locke. I was so excited when he said that he had pulled a kaboom because it's hard hard to do, but out of retail and and to pull a a Drew Locke of all the options, Jesse. Could have been anything. If this was a Justin Herbert, we'd be eating lobster tonight, but No, we're not. We're not eating lobster tonight. We're eating leftovers from the night before because (laughs) we're not thriving anymore, Jesse. But let's talk about somebody who is thriving because I want to talk about actionable content. Uh, You go back to last year, mid-season, thinking about what rookies people were telling people to acquire, what players were available. This guy's name didn't come up as often as you would like despite the fact that there were some flashes last season. So when we talk about potential players uh, that have some upside going forward, does the name Michael Pittman do anything for you, Jesse?
1: I think in terms of, especially in terms of fantasy as of right now, like who does he have on the depth chart in front of him that can be a serious threat to his target share in that offense?
0: Oh, I mean, people are going to want to tell you that Paris Campbell is always the guy um, and as much as I like guys like Paris Campbell, uh, Michael Pittman's sort of been this unsung player that, to this point in time, really hasn't been, you know, given an opportunity. Obviously, people are going to talk about Strachan and some other names, but none of this matters. Okay, Pascal. None of this matters. It is, it's Pittman, and that's really it right now. And in terms of card prices and investing. If you go and buy any of the other names that are on this depth chart, you have no chance in hell to make any, like, sizable return. Now, again, Campbell, if he hits his trajectory, yes, there's something there. But these other names, you're going to struggle to even find card options anyways, right? So, Pittman, you and I were looking into this. We know that the depth chart is wide open. We know that he flashed in 2020. And we know that in week two of this season... He torched the Rams and Jalen Ramsey with 12 targets, 8 catches, 123 yards, finished as the wide receiver 13 overall with 20 fantasy points, Jesse. That got things going, but there's more exciting news about Michael Pittman.
1: Does it have anything to do with the rest of season's schedule,
0: perhaps? You're you're good at—see, that, that's why I like you, Jesse, because you're good at this. You've got this all figured out. So when we look at strength of schedule going forward— obviously guys like Cooper Cup have been murdering this year. Well, guess what? Cooper Cup still has an insane strength of schedule going forward as well. I think the verdict has been out on Cooper Cup. I think we know who he is, even though we're seeing that top 10 season out of him this year, which was very predictable when we lost Cam Akers, Uh, at least for myself, the belief that Cooper Cup was going to kind of become what, You know, New England's always done, you know, supplement the run with the pass. And, of course, Matt Stafford's history with his slot receiver in Golden Tate. There were so many parallels. So Cooper Cup is thriving. But Michael Pittman right now has the second best strength of schedule going forward for the rest of the season, Jesse. So if we're going to get more boom weeks and more standout production from a guy like Michael Pittman, does that make him an intriguing buy in the card world?
1: Definitely, I think in in the intermediate term, um, maybe you can you can look to even flip in the middle of the season, uh, depending on what matchups you're actually looking at. Like if you have if you have three or four matchups in a row, I'd have to t- I'd have to take a look a closer look at his week to week schedule as opposed to the rest of season uh remaining stretch. Um, but if he has four bottom. 10 corner matchups or I guess top 10 for receivers um, that favors the receiver that's kind of the stretch where you'd be looking to um, to maybe sell when he's kind of coming out of that stretch Um, so there were a couple of cards that I I was actually looking up before before we started recording just to see if Michael Pittman had any you know even like higher end cards just to see what what options are available of him The, the most interesting option that I saw was a 2020 Prism Gold Vinyl Auto? Um, it, it's a raw card. It's his rookie card, of course. Um, but the seller—I don't think the seller is a football collector. I'm—I'm I'm sure by the time this episode airs, the card will still be there um, because the seller has it listed incorrectly. He has it listed as a Gold Prism out of um, which is out of ten, but the Gold Vinyl Prisms are out of five. Um, so they're actually more sought after than than gold by by many. Um, he has that card listed for six hundred dollars or best offer. He, I'm guessing he's had it listed for a little bit, so he'd be more than willing to listen to some offers. Um, but it's just interest. I, it's just interesting to see that he hasn't mislabeled, and um, I think mislabeled auctions or listings are like in a very intriguing play at all, at all times, just because the seller might not know what they have on their hands. Like most of the listings that this guy has are baseball cards. So I don't, I don't even think he's like, and Panini doesn't have um, a license in baseball currently. So um, that's, that's Tops and and Bowman, um, which is owned by Tops. So I don't think he quite knows what a gold vinyl is. Whereas in Tops, you have super fractor one of ones, which are like Holy grail cards, um so it'd be interesting if if anyone's looking to make to make some money um that that card is definitely an option it's also very well centered like it's it's tough to it's tough to judge a card surface just on ebay that's like the uh, another big benefit of going to a card show is you can you can look at the surface take it out of uh the top loader one touch whatever um the surface is tough to tell but from what I can see it looks pretty clean and the, the centering is like impeccable and he has plenty of pictures to show the corners and the corners look really good so even if you want to like express grade it and then relist it immediately upon grading even if it gets like a PSA 9 or something um I think you can there's 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 very much room to make money on a card like that and a couple of lesser cards that I that I saw um were uh the, not not in prism in select are the select field level gold uh also raw um it's listed as 175 or best offer through auction um if nobody bids on it by the time that this that this pod airs um it'll probably still be available for the same price um and the select club level fields uh sorry club level gold um also out of 10 for 210 dollars of best offer um, it's a shame that it's more. It's listed as more than the field level. I prefer the field level to the cl- to the club level, um, as do many other collectors. But it, you can just you know kind of throw throw out a fairish offer, maybe around a hundred dollars or so, and and the seller would definitely consider it.
0: So to your point earlier, Jesse, we were talking about stretches, and depending on ha- how San Francisco plays in Week Seven against the Colts, we're looking at a game versus Houston. Which is a great matchup, then San Francisco, then Tennessee is a great matchup, then the Jets, which are a great matchup, then Jacksonville, which is a great matchup. And by the way, Tennessee, the Jets, and Jacksonville are all at home for the Colts. So three home games in a row, all fairly soft matchups. Potentially, if San Francisco ends up going favorably for Pittman as well, that could be five consecutive strong games in a row before they have a game in Buffalo. So there's a chance that Pittman's going to have some blow up weeks in the dead center here and again on average the best strength of schedule for the rest of the year and that's really what it comes down to oftentimes especially with you know Wentz being hurt at this point or whatever the the end game will be for him but Pittman is an exciting name I think he was highly suppressed last year I mean often like not even talked about amongst the group of you know wide receivers that were available in the league Um, so an interesting name for people that want to take a swing on a guy that has some upside, but as much as I like Michael Pittman, Jesse, as much as I like him, I like this other player more because this is the guy I think people should really be chasing. But before we talk about him, Jesse, we have to talk about the sponsor. So quick shout out to underdog fantasy, download the underdog app today and use promo code underworld. You'll get $25 bonus cash for new players. Who deposit, Jesse? Of course, also go to clearthecash.com. Sign up for our email. Get those in your email box. Uh, They won't be spam like everything that I get from all these other... I I don't even know. My email got overrun. About a year and a half ago, I gave up. I just bent the knee and said, fuck it. I'm only going to sort my email by unopened emails, by unread, because it just got so overwhelming, Jesse. Do you have an email that you have to... That you have to manage,
1: um, God. I have one email. Um, no, not 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 really outside of my work email. That's the only email I really take seriously right now. Um, God, my my personal email. I I have to have like ninety thousand unread messages in there. Good grief.
0: I, I have a I have a Yahoo. Burner email (laughs) that whenever I sign up for like a one time thing, I always send it to that email, but I can never remember the password. So I, you know, I'm always forgot password, go through the whole process. So anyways, it, because you don't want to set all your passwords the same on the off chance that you get hacked. And then people are just guessing that you have a Gmail and you have a, you know, some credit union thing and some whatever. And they're just bopping around, opening all your shit, moving your money around buying stuff buying on amazon because everybody's got amazon right who doesn't have amazon
1: everybody has amazon but uh just uh, going back to your going back to your uh lost password like that's probably the one year where you're like oh yeah seahawk like seahawks 2014 like hashtag seahawks 2014 password just like the the one random password that you're just like what the like it's it's not it's not your go-to. It's just that it's specific to that one point in time, that one year. I I hate those accounts because I I can never remember those passwords.
0: We we should do an IT show for people. Um. Anyways, Jesse, I don't know why we're talking about the the logins. Let's log back into the show. So, DJ <laughs> DJ Moore good. is criminally undervalued, the way that Tyler Lockett is forever undervalued, Tyler Lockett is super undervalued and super disrespected in fantasy. I think if we built like, if we had like those those Russian dolls where you open one up and there's another one inside of another one inside of another one, yep. the, the big Russian doll would be Cooper Cup. Then the next one would be DJ Moore, who's what we want to talk about. And then the next one would be Tyler Lockett, the very small one. But DJ Moore is still right there in the middle. And we agree that he's incredibly undervalued.
1: I, I absolutely agree. I think in terms of um, how he's done so far in his career, the back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, almost 1,200-yard seasons, by the way, um, is very impressive for for somebody like him, somebody of his stature um it, the touchdowns just haven't been quite there yet for him i don't know if he'll ever be that type of receiver that's going to be the go-to guy in the red zone which is really unfortunate um but in terms of his overall skill set i think he's a very collectible player and a player that can that uh people who uh, both play fantasy football and own him in Dynasty and are looking to get into his cards. I think I think his cards can be, uh, some of his more rare cards can be had at a very reasonable price at this point in his career.
0: Now, the reason we bring him up is because he's another part of this strength of schedule conversation. DJ Moore currently amongst the group is inside the top five uh, for strength of schedule's rest of season and that he's it gets really soft uh beyond the week that we just saw again you guys are hearing this as we're recording on Sunday week three Thursday night game has ended he murdered as expected it was considered one of his easiest games of the year well guess what his next game against Dallas is considered one of his easiest games of the year and then guess what sorry Jesse his next game against Philly is considered one of the easiest games of the year So whether you're looking to flip D.J. Moore, I think D.J. Moore has a lot more long-term potential.
1: Totally agree.
0: Right? Than Pittman does. Pittman is more of a flip in 2021 guy. D.J. Moore has much more long-term potential to the point where you yourself are making comps to Hall of Fame talent type players,
1: right? I mean I'm sure we'll, we'll take a a bit of a deeper dive into these Hall of Fame names on on a future episode. Um maybe in the in the near future, but uh, one comp that uh, as far as what I've seen from DJ Moore both on the field and statistically, one guy that comes to mind to me is Tory Holt in terms of <gasps> in terms of his style of play and how he's done statistically. Um it's it's not the sexiest name in the hobby, um, or even in football. Like that's we're you know I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole. Um, just because I we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna provide much more coverage on this in a future episode.
0: Jesse, it, this is definitely a sexy name. I mean, li- listen,
1: this is oh, listen. I I think it's a sexy name. The the Pro Football Hall of Fame does not think Jesse. Thinks, this is the yeah. guy in high. That's true. This
0: is true, but this is the guy in high school that none of the girls paid attention to. Then he got out of high school, and one day he rolls up in a sports car, steps out on the sidewalk, and everybody that ignored him in high school like, "Holy shit, who the fuck is this guy?" And they're like, "Oh, is that so and so from high school?" And all of a sudden, he's the hot ticket item. This, I, I'm with you. I'm excited about this comp. Like the the, the reason, and again, we'll dive in deeper. The reason that this comp I enjoyed so much was because there are parallels to the production. There's longevity in this. And if you're gonna go to best case scenario, Torrey Holt feels like the name, right?
1: I mean Torrey Holt is arguably what, like a top if I had to put a number on it, top fifteen, top twenty wide receiver of all time, and not many people are aware of it. Um it just what what he's been able to do, like who all right, if you think of a wide receiver in the two thousands, right? That whole decade. Who would you say is more consistent or was more consistent in that entire decade than Tory Holt? I can't I can't name a single I can't name a single wide receiver who is more like more of a sure thing of getting so like
0: early, like early two thousands? I mean like Fitzgerald in that range.
1: Um, throughout the whole decade. I'm talking from two thousand to two thousand eight, two thousand nine.
0: I'll give you, I'll give you that. I will, I will give you that. I, I'll give you that. There's no, I'm not debating. That's fine.
1: It's, it's, I mean, he's, he was just so, he was such a sure thing to get a thousand to 1200 yards and like six touchdowns, like five to eight touchdowns. Tory Holt was a sure thing to do that. And it's, it's incredible how he hasn't gotten into the hall of fame at this point in his career. Again, we'll talk about it later. Um, but I think if DJ Moore can string together multiple thousand yard seasons in a row, his touchdown numbers are probably gonna be maybe they'll be a little bit higher than they are right now. Um, cause just cause like four touchdowns in a come on, man. Like that's just they they really have to look at him a little bit more um in the red zone. And I think he can be a very serviceable red zone option. Um, but in in terms of how DJ Moore can get there is just you know string together multiple thousand twelve hundred yard uh, seasons consecutively with maybe we would probably want to get that touchdown number closer to five plus um, per season. But it's you know even on a per game basis at this point in DJ Moore's career, like he's not even that far behind what Tory Holt's um, per game numbers have looked like over the course of his entire career.
0: Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I mean, you look at. Season for season, again, Tory Holt saw a massive target share, which is evident when we look at the numbers side-by-side side. over their careers. Tory Holt, nine targets a game. DJ Moore, seven and a half. Again, DJ Moore plays on a team that, again, Christian McCaffrey gobbles up a lot of opportunity. Not that Holt didn't play on teams with clearly uh, talented running back play that saw tons of targets, but... Torrey Holt, nine targets. DJ Moore, seven and a half yards per game over their career. Torrey Holt, 77. DJ Moore, 70. And when we look at touchdowns, as you mentioned, DJ Moore is averaging basically .2. Torrey Holt, .4. But Torrey Holt had some seasons in there where the touchdowns were four, six, five. A couple of blow-up seasons in there, which we could see turn around for DJ Moore. The long-term play with DJ Moore is very sexy, but in the short term, he's also one of these names that I think the fantasy football community is just going to have to, you know, the the educated fantasy football community knows who DJ Moore is, but the the non-educated, you know, normal football fan doesn't look at him the way that we look at iconic players like Odell Beckham in their prime. Look at you know some of these Justin Jefferson, right? Despite the fact that. At an incredibly young age, DJ Moore was already doing amazing things, right?
1: Absolutely. I think if if they had a quarterback um, that could take that take like take the team to the next level and at least get them in the postseason. I know, like d- uh, defensively, maybe they they haven't been the best, so it, maybe they, there's more improvements to be made than just the quarterback position. But if if they were in the playoffs we could see DJ Moore like on his way to becoming a household name, like people, like to the point where, Oh, um, I, I don't know. You're watching the game with your girlfriend and she doesn't watch football at all, but she's like, Oh yeah, that's a, that's that DJ Moore guy. Right? Like, yeah, he's pretty good. Right. After maybe a couple of really big performances in the postseason, season. Um, I think DJ Moore certainly has that potential and, uh, like fantasy aside maybe even hall of fame trajectory aside um it's really early in his career but in terms of cards he's a very he's like a very collector friendly player um he doesn't he doesn't get himself into controversy with the media like ever i i i think i've heard him say like a couple sentences on hard knocks and that was it really um i don't or whatever it was whatever that amazon show is uh, uh all or nothing so um, he's, he, you know, he's got his head on straight. Um, and I just think he, he's going to be that source of consistency where you'll always look to get him in, in seasonal and in dynasty, just for like that surefire consistency. If you want a thousand, a thousand yards and five touchdowns in every year, kind of like, that's kind of why I was looking at him almost like a Tory Holt, um, that's, that's probably the guy that you're going to want to look at. And even looking at his cards, like I said, he's a very collector-friendly player. I found one card. This is, this is probably a, a topic in and of itself. There is a 2018 select premier level die-cut gold prism rookie out of 10 of DJ Moore. It's listed on eBay for $150 or best offer. Aesthetically, we need to talk about this card um, besides, I think besides it being listed at a very reasonable price, but the card is raw; it's not graded. Um, but Nate, have you ever played? um Have you ever played Yu Gi Oh? Like, were you in that Yu Gi Oh phase when you were in? Uh, I don't know. Was Yu Gi Oh around when you were when you were like a teenager? I don't want to
0: date myself. <laughs> okay. Well, I would definitely want to date me. Um I think that uh no, it wasn't. Pokemon definitely was though.
1: Okay. I I can sense a little a little Pokemon in here. So um so there the the cut of the card is very it, it's 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 really hard to describe. The die cut is very there. If you take a look at the card, I I promise if you type in 2018 Select Premier Level DJ Moore Gold you will find this card. Um, I personally don't mind the design of these cards. I've actually been looking at them for some of my PC guys. Like I know there's one listed on eBay um, for uh, DeAndre or not sorry, not on eBay, on COMC checkoutmycards.com. Um there's one listed for DeAndre Hopkins for a very reasonable price from the same year, 2018. I think 2018 is the only year where the premier level die cuts were this like wonky, but, um, it's, it kind of looks like almost like, a. I don't know if there were ever die cut like Yu-Gi-Oh or Pokemon cards, but if there were, they would look like this. Um, so the, the design might not be for everybody, but that almost makes me kind of like it even more. If there are people that don't like it and I can get it at a significant discount, that almost makes me li- like, th- that's kind of why I almost want to make that play just because die cuts aren't hot in the hobby right now. Um, but if, if, especially if you can get a die cut to gem, that is super impressive.
0: You know, and people are probably like, well, why would you want it if nobody else wants it? But Jesse, we've talked about this before. If you are ever gonna flip, it just takes one buyer, right?
1: Exactly. It, it. It's. This is. You are very. It. Your likelihood of making money on this is is absolutely there. Um. It. And because like, coll- I don't know, collectors are very very interesting. Like, I am a collector too, and um, I've 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 gotten more like this the more I've I've stayed in the hobby. If there is something. That I like and a lot of other people like I I all right I don't even have to like it, I just have to not hate it. And if I see that other people don't like it, that makes me want to buy it. It's it's weird. Wait a minute.
0: Say that again.
1: So all right. So if there's a card out there that I don't mind, but other people, other investors, flippers, even other collectors, if they don't like that card. I, that actually makes me want to buy it even more as long as it's not like something that i can find on any street corner or wherever any 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 card shop any pack any retail pack of cards as long if but if it's something rare that kind of actually makes me gravitate towards it
0: that just twisted my brain in a knot i that was there was a lot of like double negatives in there <laughs> i think i get what you mean though it that is that's definitely like out of the the deep Jesse Bach playbook here that's it's, uh,
1: but it's not just me though it's like it other collectors are the same way if I I've heard Tom Brady collectors and and collectors of goats that'll say oh this you know um yeah, this this card's gone up some, but it, it hasn't it hasn't increased in value just like the Bowman Chrome like the Bowman Chrome Brady rookie or like these other cards and the collectors are like, "Well, you know what? That card's too expensive. I don't want that card. I want I want cards that like other people aren't going after." And the, and if this is a card that some people don't like, that actually makes me want it even more, believe it or not. Um we're we're sick people. Collectors are sick people. Um but if I mean, all it takes is a collector to to really want that card. Um, again, die cuts die cuts used to be so hot in the '90s and 2000s. They're not hot right now. I personally like them, especially if you find a die cut in a PSA 10. With the with the more number of edges and corners in die cuts, it's far more um, it's far more difficult for to get them to gem just because the grader has to take those extra corners, those extra edges into account. So if you, especially if you find a die cut in a PSA 10, I f- personally feel like that's a play that like, that's far more difficult than grading a gold parallel or a base or silver grading that regular card as a PSA 10. That's a great
0: point. Yeah. I mean, with, with all those extra edges and corners, uh, I could see why that would be the case, Jesse. Well, I know you've got places you've got to be that aren't here that are somewhere else. See, yeah, I've, i twist the brain as well. Um, so, I'm glad I'm glad that we got these out. I know you and I have a lot more on this Tory Holt, DJ Moore, uh, conversation um, and beyond. There are some there's some notes and information that's come to the surface that made Jesse scratch his head as to why some players are not getting into the Hall of Fame and others are uh, based on principles that even to me just don't make sense. So there's definitely a conversation to be had about that, guys. We have more actionable content coming your way next week. So we will see you guys then on Clear the Cash.